Let me tell you how it will be We'll all catch up on the books you'll see Cause it's the X-Men Yeah, it's the X-Men Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is the X-Men, and if you have been paying attention and playing at home, you'll realize we have not finished up the Ten of Swords event here on the Weird Science Marvel Podcast. And there's a couple reasons why I was a bit down on it at first. Then I read it a bunch of times more. Then I tried to record a bunch of things that I didn't like. Then we had the holidays and then all this nonsense. But here it is. I'm going to finish up here. I'm going to catch up with the X-Men stuff uh, with me. And then also Ruben joining me later on in this week. And the plan is to do this episode now, right before episode 246 actually drops. These will end up dropping back to back rapid fire. Well, then we will end up doing the Hellions and X-Force book that we ended up missing Last week as well, this Friday probably, and then get back on the schedule of Monday. These X-Books and this Ten of Swords thing really got me down. I have some opinions. I'm not exactly, you know, hating on it. I, I like some of it, and I'm excited to see what comes from it. It's just that going through all those issues, and if you were listening, you had to have heard me getting pretty angry, depressed about the idea that, you know, we gathered all these swords and then end up going on to a contest that's about puzzle making and an eating contest and a drinking contest between Wolverine and Storm. All these things that it just ended up making it feel like a joke. And at points, a joke that we were being laughed at, not laughing with, but being laughed at by the creators. And so you go into these last three issues and it's not that they continue that nonsense. But because we wasted so much time and all that, we end up ending with some things that aren't even on panel, some things that are pushed forward in weird ways that we'll get into. But just overall, it just ended up making the whole thing, the scope of everything feel less and less. Until then, it was huge. And it kind of just ended up like, yeah, maybe it was just the pacing of the whole thing that threw me off. But I was pretty down. But I'm going to go into this. And since it's been a couple of weeks now, I'm going to try not to get full into the anger and detail that I, I normally I just want to end up doing this, kind of set all my thoughts here. You can go with what I know and you can tell me what you thought and all that. And then we'll go forward with the books and hopefully something bigger, better, all that coming up after all this. But we're going to start off with the X-Men book, which... Each time I read it, I get a little more annoyed with And this was the one that I liked the most of the three. So I guess, you know, buckle up, strap in, strap on, because, uh, yeah, we'll get into this right now. And this is X-Men number 15, chapter 20 of the Ten of Swords, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Matasar, art by our colors by Sonny Go, and letters by VCs. Clayton Cowles. Champions of Krakow were selected to retrieve swords to participate in a cross-dimensional tournament against the champions of Morocco. As the battles have worn on, Krakow found itself hopelessly outmatched. Now, again, hopelessly outmatched doing things like drinking contests and puzzle-making and, and pin the tail on. They, it, it's not like they were overmatched because of anything but 
the nonsense of all of what was going on and until Gorgon sacrificed even the score, which, again, seemed forced because it was all just to force in the idea that Genesis would face apocalypse. It's not like this is going to you know, end up making me change my mind by talking grandiose about things that were pretty much nonsense, though that information has not made its way back to Krakoa. Now there's only one battle left, Apocalypse versus Annihilation, which we will get to see in this. But one of the things, and the main thing in this in my mind, is to see what is going on on Krakoa, something that I've been wondering, something that I wish that we did see more of. And you end up having Scott and Gene after getting the info and, you know, the telepathic call for help from Nathan could cable their son. They end up going to talk to the Quiet Council because they need to get to Otherworld, save their son, grab all the mutants and skedaddle out of there. And with that, I have a bunch of problems. Number one being when they go to talk to the Quiet Council, they're all sitting around, right? They're sitting around their big table there, all their seats and stuff. What have they been doing to prepare in case they lose? What do they do? Because they don't know either way. And with that, they're told here, hey, we're in big trouble. You know, Cable, he, he got all of us. He said that they were getting beat bad. They have not done anything that we've seen to set up any sort of defense when if Arako comes through. If, if the whole thing and with the forces of Ammon, all these things that are going to push through that gate, it doesn't look like they prepared. It looks like they've been sitting around twiddling their thumbs, and that doesn't seem right. Now, you end up having Scott and Gene come in and tell them this. Hey, you know, our son, Nathan, he got a hold of us. He is in big trouble. He needs help. That we're, we're losing. We need to go and grab the mutants get out of there and close the gates now that's fine and dandy as well except that when we first started this all out krakoa said you're not doing that especially with you know the big eternal gate where it said no it stays open now saturnine ended up closing that on the other side of things but What they're saying they're going to eventually do, even with the idea, hey, when you guys go through, we're going to close the gates. Now, they're saying the Avalon Gate, and they're saying they're going to finagle it and stuff like that, using the whole horticulture, the pretty much the Golden Girls had that technology that can hijack the gates. They're going to use that to shut. But still, to me, that goes against what Krakoa demanded to have happen. And just because Cypher isn't there to me, doesn't mean that you could just do whatever you want. The translator may not be there, but the intention was made very clear. And if they were going to do what they're going to do now, they did not even have to start this tournament in the first place. Uh, Just imagine the idea that now you're just going to close all the gates, grab the mutants, close all the gates. Really, it, it brings to mind to me, what do... The mutants of Krakoa themselves, I'm not talking the island, I'm talking the mutants. What do they have to gain from this tournament? Because they went into this to stop the the horrors that might happen. They're not going to gain anything except we don't have to fight. So going at the end here, the only thing that made them go in the first place was Krakoa demanded that it it had to happen. And so this... Ending with the, oh, we're going to go in, we're going to grab all the mutants and run, we're going to close the gate. It just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. And it was really only setting up 
so that Scott, Gene, and a, you know, force there, they're going to gather up a team, can go, go to the sword deal and bring that down. That's all it is. It seems very forced by the time we get to the end of this. But I do like the deal where they take a vote, even though it's kind of silly as well, but they take the vote with this council, the quiet council. It's the government. Of the mutants, it's the government of Krakoa. You can't just willy nilly go off and do things, especially things in other world and ever. But is this setting up a precedent that nobody on this council can do anything dangerous, or is this just full out just this one instance? Like, is Kitty going to be able to go off to do Marauders things anymore, or her standing up from the the Quiet Council? means that she has to give up her seat and is this a thing that sebastian shaw brings it up mainly is this more of his machinations and stuff i like to think that that's more of what it is but what he says if you go to other world you have to relinquish your seat because we can't stand having people dying that are part of the government which again kind of silly because what you're going to do with scott and gene going off is just vote in to others if they don't come back, you would vote that same way. But if they can, it's just to me, it, it hopefully it is more machinations, as I said, with that. But it also opens up two seats that I think are going to be filled with mutants from Morocco. So we'll see how that all plays out. Now, there, there's little things that are pretty cool as well. You end up having Nightcrawler. He wants to go. He's kind of offended that he wasn't asked in the beginning. Uh, you end up where kitty kate pride says i'll go i don't have any reason to not go and you end up having scott say well kitty we have to go through a gate and she says oh shit you know she's upset because she can't go through gates but kind of thought that that might have been solved once she was resurrected and emma actually does say to scott in his mind why are you lying to her so maybe that isn't the case anymore so we'll we'll see how that goes emma She would go, but Scott even says, I would not ask you. There's too many important things going on. You're too important for that, whatever. But, yeah, they're going to get some other people involved. They can't get anybody from the council. Pretty much that doesn't really matter as we go forward through this. But the other deal is having Genesis with the Annihilation Mask fighting Apocalypse. They're going back and forth. They're talking trash, all this. But, really, that is more left for you know, next issue, the main deal, because at the end of this, you do end up having Apocalypse, you know, grab Annihilation Sword and stab her with it, and she's bleeding out. Now, she is not dead yet. And the rules of this are you die, well, you know, here it is. It's to the death. You either yield or die, whatever, you know, to pick the winner. Apocalypse won't yield. And it doesn't seem like Genesis dies. So at the end, you end up having Apocalypse say, I'm not going to do this fight, throws down the sword that he stole from his wife there as she came at him. And you end up having Saturnine says, well, you know, things must be settled. Things can't just lay like it's almost like at this point already Apocalypse is trying to, you know, finagle the, the ending and try to do these things. And then when you end up at the end, the Annihilation Mask gets put back on. This this whole thing started with Genesis taking it off because Apocalypse said, I don't want to fight you with that mask on. And in kind of cool trash talking, you end up having Genesis say, well, I kind of wanted to keep it on so you don't see the shame I have for you when I defeat you. There's a lot of trash talking going on. But at the end, she puts the mask back on 
and you end up having annihilation then say settled things are far from settled i'm not dead i've not yielded nothing is settled nothing and you end with that so you end up with this fight going on between apocalypse and genesis and nothing is settled by the end you don't have anybody yielding and nobody's dying i have an issue with how we start out the next issue though but we'll get to that because we'll get to that next with the whole excalibur issue i was having problems remembering the name of the but for this I'm at a 7.5 for this. The art's okay. You have a lot of standing around. You have a lot of quiet council stuff. Like I said, there's a lot of things that pop in my mind as we end this and as we start to really kind of force some things to an end after this issue. Um, But just the idea that they've just been sitting around. They haven't really thought of anything or even tried to figure out what they would do if they lose. I mean, it's one thing to be confident, but you got to set things up, which they haven't. But I really do like where Scott, he's going to go get his son and the mutants and pretty much in the best moments of this issue says to the council specifically Xavier, but also Magneto. Eric says, I know that the whole thing that we're doing now is the, you know, for the whole, you know, you can't just think of the few But that's what X-Men do, and I am a kick-ass X-Men, and that's what I'm going to do. That's how I was raised, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to save them right now, especially my son. You're not going to stop me. I'm going to do it. I've never let any of you down as well, and I won't this time. I'm going to go and get them and bring them back. So even with the idea of, well, Krakoa said the gate, whatever, that moment is great because I love Cyclops. We haven't gotten a lot of Scott pretty much since all this started. And I like seeing that. I like him. And and then I like Jean saying, you know, he's not going alone. I'm going as well. And really, she even says a really great line when they're like, well, you're not going to be on the council. She says, I understand. I'm disappointed, though. But I understand. I'm doing what's right. I'm going to go. And I love the idea of Scott stepping up to do what's right and to do what's right of how he always was. So I think that that was really good. But 7.5. For this, And this is Excalibur number 15. It is chapter 21 of the Ten of Swords, penultimate issue written by Tini Howard, art by Mamado Sar and Stefano Caselli, colors by Sunny Gao and Rachel Rosenberg, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And the write-up is as follows. Champions of Krakow were selected to achieve swords to participate in a cross-dimensional tournament. Against the champions of Morocco. Hey, you know, stop me if you've heard this before. Although the final battle which pitted Apocalypse against his long-lost wife Genesis was decided at Krakoan victory. What was it? Uh, this is one of my problems of reading this recap here of, really? Because that means that you kind of had that declared and the end of the whole tournament would have been between issues because we really didn't get that at the end of that issue we do end up kind of getting it in a little bit later type deal this is a little bit of jumping the gun spoiler in the recap deal and that's something that drives me nuts it's happened recently it happened a lot in the spider woman book but that's not here nor there and the annihilation helm demanded otherwise so you ended up at the end like i said just a minute ago You ended up having Apocalypse not yielding, but not willing to kill his wife, Genesis. Genesis is not going to yield because she put on the Annihilation Mask and basically said, we don't yield and now you're all in trouble, which we do end up seeing here. Another thing here is there's a bit of a time jump. I, I don't know how long, but at this point, you already have the Amenthi Demon Horde 
already, you know, pretty much attacking and going and ripping through the whole other world while the mutants are trying to fight back. But there's not a lot of mutants there. I mean, you you have the champions there. This is one of the reasons why, you know, you kind of have Scott and Gene showing up, all these things going on. But we get other help. And my problem a lot with Teeny Howard you know, writing uh, is the pacing, but not even more, more so the setup, the lack of setup for some big and very big important things. And then the post reveal explanation of things and try to make it work and whatever, but you end up and it's one of those things. And, and I'll, I'll probably say this again, but it's one of those things of making a first impression. A wow moment is like making a first impression. You're only going to get that point when the wow moment wows you. And then explaining it later is basically like telling a joke and then having to explain it. That means the joke didn't work. That you don't want to explain your jokes. Uh, you know, if you're a stand-up comedian you're and they're explaining all the jokes, that means they suck. And so by the end of this issue, there is a big reveal that should be a wow moment that I didn't understand because I'm a dummy, but also because I think the progression of it and the non-setup of a very major thing ends up making this issue fall flat to me by the end and, and had to have confused more than just me. But there are some good things in this. You end up having... The mutants, they're being overtaken. They're being overtaken by the Menthe Demon Horde. That was some in there, that, and it's going to get worse as you go on. But there's not enough of them to fight off even the Arako champions, let alone the Demon Hordes. So them all going. Now, we're going to have a couple things. doesn't really even up the odds, but it is some character stuff that works for me, uh, especially when you end up getting... One of the most noble fighters for Araco through this whole deal has been White Sword. He's done. He says, I've already, you know, done my deal. I'm I was here for the tournament, not the war, the battle, nothing. So I am I'm, I'm kinda leaving. They do talk crap on him. Like, oh man, you're just afraid you're not gonna be able to get your hundred back and all that. And he's like, I don't care. I'm I'm out of here. I'm out of here. And even gives a shout out, a little boom boom to Gorgon, says he knew how to fight. That guy was pretty darn good. But you end up with all of that where he leaves and you have Bay go off to grab Cypher because she is married to him and seems to, you know, be a little smitten with him and he's smitten with her. And eventually you end up having Cypher being able to convince her, you know, come back with me to Krakoa. They will accept you there. They'll look at you as a hero if you help us out and then we can kind of be together. He almost says that he loves her. But he stopped short. He says, let's wait till we get to Krakoa for me to tell you that. Usually when that happens, it means he ain't getting back. But you will see. Uh, with that, though, the mutants are in big trouble. Scott and Gene aren't there yet for their big Hail Mary you know, deal to save them. So what ends up happening is something that Teeny Howard has set up and has set up in the regular run of Excalibur. Uh, maybe some people aren't reading that. Well, they may be a little lost of what's going on, but it does make complete sense where the priestesses of the green show up. They were set up to be priestesses there in the other world that will protect the Starlight Citadel, but aren't, you know, beholden to everything and every whim of Saturnine. They're just there for the Citadel, which also who will. Other things that are there would be the Captain Britain Corps, and that's where we get Saturnine, and that's where we're going to get. 
the big moments of this issue, especially by the end. Where she ends up, where she's with Shogo. Shogo wants to use this dragon fire, which we know really does kick butt. But she says, no, no, no. You can't use your dragon fire in the Citadel. You know, but we will end up using that eventually. But right now, you know, Mommy, not even Mommy, but Saturday, she's going to put the puzzles together. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put together this mosaic and ends up getting pieces that are obviously the shattered pieces of Betsy when she ended up in that first fight ended up being shattered so you end up having saturnine putting these pieces of the puzzle together there's not been a lot of setup of why she would be doing this she is just doing it she's putting it together you go through and finally she gets to the end of putting the puzzle together and she looks at it you know aghast (gasps) what happened and then you end up turning the page and you see the mosaic is betsy the mosaic is Betsy holding the, the, the Starlight Sword. And in my mind, this lack of setup of what she's doing, why she's doing this, ends up making you or me very confused why she is surprised. I thought, you, you're putting the puzzle together or pieces. Why are you so surprised? Ends up punching the mosaic in the face. Like, take that mosaic, but boom, punches in the face. Uh, but as this is going on, you get this background narration of, Anytime there's trouble, the Captain Brit must answer. When the Citadel calls, Captain Brit must answer. When Citadel calls, Captain Brit must answer. When she puts together this mosaic, it's like, yeah, for the sword is in Betsy Braddock's hands and in that world remains. She's like, no, punches it. Well, then we get a page or a panel after that, the final panel of the issue, where we end up seeing, uh, you know, a crazy looking. Captain Britain Court. Now, the biggest problem I have, besides the idea that I didn't understand why she's mad about the mosaic being Betsy, thinking she's putting it together, knowing it was her, you end up getting this whole Captain Britain Court where there's Captain Baboon and Captain Amphibian. But there is also, you know, a Captain Britain there that looks like Betsy. It looks like Betsy. There's no way for me to know it isn't. It, it, but it's Beth Braddock. It's a multiversal. I know the multiversal deal and whatever, but this is not showing me anything but what I think is Betsy coming back uh, along with Amphibian and Baboon Britain. I mean, this is a bunch of... Then we get the next page, which is a written out page that describes the love spell. And when you read this, it all... Oh, wait a minute. This is what the whole deal was that you had Saturday was doing this love spell. Yes, we know that she wanted Brian back, but you know, and we figured that a lot of the machinations that she was doing with the tournament, yes, that this was to try to convince him to get back, whatever. But she's putting together the mosaic to show her if her love spell ended up working. And and then they up showing this mosaic as being the protector of her and the Citadel and the Captain Britain Corps and thinking that this might be Brian when it comes up as well. But it ends up being Betsy, that this is her protector of her heart, that this is the protector for Saturn. Oh, no, it's not Brian. This is why she was mad. But you get that after. You get that that page after, and you still have to glean some of it yourself. And I thought that that was a huge faux pas, at least for me, to understand what's going on. Now, afterwards, I can sit there and think about it and go, but... The wow moment was gone. This is the first impression that I needed to have it be like, okay, here we go. 
she's going to end up putting this together and she's going to find out that there it is. It's Brian. It's always meant to be. He's going to be bad. Oh, my God. And then when she sees, oh, it's Betsy. Ah, I hate you, Betsy. But with them, what are you, what are you doing? I thought she was being just ridiculous. Like even the things going up to it to get this deal after I knew what was happening and read this narration, it's trying to be too clever than it needs to be. It's trying to be too much. And a lot of this, this Ten of Swords has had that problem since the beginning. It's trying to be too clever instead of just being right out there, tell a good story. And damn it, I want it more sword fighting. We, we get to this. And, and here is the thing. If you end up, Ruben told me, hey, if we had every sword fight, you know, things wouldn't be great. It would get boring. Now, we've had a couple sword fights and they were really good. And they were some of the action highlights of the entire deal. But maybe those were big because we didn't see so many. But just because you have sword fights doesn't mean that everybody has to just be going clang, clang, clang. It goes the trolley, right? But you end up, you can have more than that. But it drove me nuts that I'm like, I'm telling you, I sat there and thought, why is she so uh, you know, upset and confused that she just put together the pieces of a shattered Betsy and it came out to be Betsy. I don't know about you. When I get a puzzle and the puzzle is a train, I'm not shocked when it's a train. When I make, though I hate puzzles, they drive me nuts. But by the end there, basically you have, again, the mutants there in big trouble. You end up having the priestess of the green. They are coming to defend the Citadel and we have a reformed Captain Britain Corps that has a lot of crazy members there, including Beth Braddock, not Betsy, looks like it. So we, we end up going then to the last issue, which we'll get to in a second, because this one I'm going to give a 6-5. I still liked some of the moments. I really did like the Priests of the Green showing up. That was something I didn't think of, and it was a smart deal that was set up earlier and i'm just like this is how you set things up and this is cool stuff like that even at the point where you end up having jubilee she's going off to get her son shogo shogo who for some reason i still don't quite get why he decided to hang with saturnine except it was one of those like blackmail deals a bit but it still seemed weird but she goes and she says and i liked it where she says to the priest of the green listen shogo likes you guys if i die can he can he stay with you? Can you watch after him? And please, will you do that? And they say, yes, they seem to really be taken with both Shogo and Jubilee. It's just a shame we haven't seen much Jubilee in this uh, because I really do like Jubilee. But we're going to end up there where kind of the sides are set. We're going to end up having the big finale uh, to see how they the mutants can get out of this. And again, it's, it's a lot of Apocalypse's plan to do that. But then you add some craziness but we'll get into that now and this is ten of swords destruction chapter 22 of ten of swords the finale written by jonathan hickman and teeny howard art by pepe Larraz, colors by mark te gracia and letters by vcs clayton cowles and yeah this is the finale krakow was hopelessly outmatched when young cable made a distress call to his parents gene gray and cyclops were assembled a strike team of X-Men to invade other world. The score between Arako and Krakoa was dead even going into the final battle between Apocalypse and his long-lost wife Genesis, but the Annihilation Helmet she wore refused to concede in the face of defeat and called forth waves of Amenthi demons 
to destroy all who would stop her. Meanwhile, Lady Opal, Luna, Saturnine, whose maneuverings have twisted the game throughout, has come to a shocking revelation about the future of the Captain, Captain Britain Corps. The stakes of this tournament have always been life or death. Let's see who makes it out alive. You get a lot of twists and turns in this, and this is an issue I'll give Pepe Larez a lot of credit on art. There's a ton of characters because you get a lot thrown at you. This is a very big. This is huge with just everybody showing up in Otherworld to kick some butt, including the Captain Britain Corps, the newly reformed Captain Britain Corps, which at this point you still don't even know what the hell's going on. You have to wait until the end of the issue to actually get the roster in one of those written pages again. And again, that it, it doesn't play off as well, especially where it looks like there's like seven Betsy's going on, but they're not. You end up, but they're attacking. You still end up having, you know, the mutants. And I keep saying the mutants. I'm, I'm including Brian Braddock in that as well. Captain Avalon as he's fighting alongside of them as well. And they're all with the Amenthi Horde going down all the stuff going on where you end up with Genesis with the annihilation mask on ends up just yelling and wanting more and more. Let's get more because now with the captain Britain Corps, and it's a lot of back and forth, you know, you end up where the captain Britain Corps shows up to even up the score. And now you end up having the annihilation. Ah, we need more yelling for the summoners to then get the just disgusting looking Cthulhu monsters that now come out of a big rift to up the ante again, which then ends up leading the whole attack and the idea where Scott and Gene have come with the Calvary with this strike team. And I say that in quotes because, geez, they have everybody who isn't on the Quiet Council seems to have shown up. You end up where, and I think it's a good moment that kind of gets played very quickly the idea that scott and gene probably went and said hey who's with us who's there we have a couple mutants in trouble i mean there's not a lot yes if they lose then there's going to be more trouble but at this point with all hands on deck with scott and gene if they end up losing now it's over i mean there's not enough to defend and there's some pretty big because i would have liked to have seen the idea where scott and gene went Around uh, Krakoa, you know, oh, we're not going to ask everybody, but we're going to ask a few. And I don't know that they'll want to go because they'll come back wrong if they die, come back at all. Whatever. And I would have loved to them to just have a little scene where they go and word is already spread and everybody's ready. Every all hands on deck. You know, you don't even have to ask us. Let's go. The weird thing about it is how they're getting there. We talked about the Avalon deal, the the gates, all that. The gates are going to close afterwards. And actually how they get through here because they're showing up in the Sword Space Station. And they come through a portal gate that is opened by magic. And it did kind of throw me off a bit after all the discussion of what you could, can't do going into Otherworld, what they were going to do when Scott and Gene kind of set this up. Again, it might have been something that they were duping the Quiet Council, not really telling them exactly what they were going to do. And we have a setup. We have a precedent here where you ended up having Scott and Gene with Kid Cable already on the Sword Space Station. So that sets up the setup of what's going to happen. Uh, but before we end up having that, you do just have these just immense amount of mutants coming to save our mutants, save Otherworld, save all this. And they do go. And one of the things I did like when you have a rah-rah speech at the beginning where Gene and Scott pretty much say, 
you know, we we might all die. Uh, if we do, we're not going to come back right. But, you know, it's win or die, so we win. Let's go. And they go off. And one of the big things that is is my girl Gabby is right in the front, right in the front, right next to there, ready to go. And And I'm telling you, you can sit there and for the most part, you can pick out some of your favorite mutants in here. There's a ton. And, you know, they're not exactly like huge, but they're all there. And it makes me actually feel good. Like, yeah, they accepted this. They didn't mind if they were going to die. And you end up having Gene jumping out ahead of all of them and says to me, my X-Men, another big moment to me because the idea that Xavier wouldn't do this. And Xavier said, you know, the whole thing. And we saw. Even after the X-Men issue that we started this podcast with, you ended up having one of the info pages saying there's no X-Men anymore. You can't have X-Men anymore. We're different. The mutants have a a society here. We're all together. The X-Men, though some people may still use that name, it's wiped out. We don't want it anymore. And I love seeing Gene yelling, you know, to me, my X-Men and going off. And then you just see them kicking butt, which you would want them to be doing. You end up where the, the Araco are still, and, and Annihilation is still having summoners bring in just the worst of the worst. There's just these huge things. These aren't just the regular little demons. These are humongous space nonsense creatures that are just going to destroy everything. And you end up where Genesis, with the mask still on, and Annihilation really, like, really overtaking, says to Apocalypse, like, I I want to fight this. I, I can't, though. I'm so tired. I can't fight this. As you end up having Apocalypse saying, we can do this. We, we can make everything hold together. We can do this. We can make us whole, too. Please fight it off. She cannot. And then you just have, boom, I am Annihilation. A huge thing, yelling for the summoner, summoner of darker Ameth. Every beast, every demon, summit it all pretty much. Let's burn it down. We're, we're going to do it all here. No more, you know, playing around. Well, with that, you end up having Kid Cable sitting around there with Saturnines like, yeah, we lost. And he's hurt. He really is. He's got his arm in a sling. He's all bandaged up. He's got the Band-Aids on his head. Right? And he's like, yeah, I guess we're done. He's giving up. Saturnines like, no, no, no. Well, what card did you draw? And he's like, yeah, I drew the fool. I was pretty pissed off about that. She's like, yeah, you are a fool because you think you have a sword in your hand. It's a little more than that. And that was set up in his own book. Uh, And he's like, oh, crap. And he gets a hold of his parents. Come on, come get me. We need to get to the sword station and go in. They go in. And we saw this in the cable book where his sword, uh, you know, the light of Galar can end up being inserted in the engine of the whole sword station and it powers it up which they do which then is aided by another portal opening up from magic and this is where you really get the you know thing that's going to even up you, you really need a lot i mean there's a lot of you know mutants going around the you know the me my x-men but you need something else you need a horde you need a horde. and that's what happens you end up being able to get the viscora which are kind of like the borg of the X-Men universe here They come out They look like, like you know, black suited Spacemen, you know, robots They come out and they're going to attack But the thing is, as this is Happening, you end up They're also ripping the fabric Apart, the fabric of Otherworld, and This fight ends up pretty much in my mind Just, it's just a wave Of, of these, Escora attacking The 
demon hood, but they're not really thinking things. It's just like fight everything in front. We're not going to think we're hiding. And they're going with that. But the big part of this is two part. Well, first off, Saturnine realizes that things are going to go bad if they don't stop this soon. And luckily, it is stopped soon because Apocalypse, who has told Genesis, please fight this off. She can't. I can't fight the mask off. Does the wow moment here. And it's a well moment that it's played out so well. It really is where Apocalypse rips the Annihilation mask off of his wife and puts it on himself and shows that even though everybody was upset, the idea that the fittest was not Apocalypse. Apocalypse wasn't the badass that we thought he was. He was left behind to kind of gather up and whatever, Genesis and all the, the children, they're better, they're gone. No, no, no. You see... That apocalypse is the badass and he can put on the annihilation mask and pretty much fight it off, fight it off to the point where now we'll get a winner. We'll get a winner because whoever wears the annihilation mask controls the whole deal with Arako, all this stuff, and he yields. He surrenders, and it's a cool twist. It's a really neat twist to do all of this, and you end up having Apocalypse win by taking on the Annihilation Mask and saying, I surrender, as the, the mask is screaming no. And this is where Saturday's like waiting this whole time. All right, now that we have a winner, let's go, Shogo. Let's use the Dragonfire, which was set up again last issue, saying... You can't use the dragon fire right now. That'll rip through the fabric of deal. Well, this is where you can use it because you have to get rid of the horde of the, the you know, Amenti demons and the Viscar. So it goes and just rips through and then pretty much, you know, destroys all of them, ends up with the finale. Everybody's there. We have a winner. Krakoa wins. You know, it, it's pretty much Krakoa rules. Arako jewels. And so now we have to have the final deal of, okay, what happens after this? Who wins? Whatever. Um, you end up having, obviously, Arako cannot go through the gate, the external gate, can't take over the world and Krakoa. But there is this deal where there has to be an exchange of a mutant, a mutant from each side going one or the other. And you end up having Genesis choose Apocalypse to go says can i choose you my love and he's like yes yes you can i will go with you but then says listen i've changed a bit i, I ain't the guy that you left back before and you end up having an a, a, i think a pretty cool moment where genesis says i know i see what you truly are means badass but then says a that's stupid a simple <laughs> like all right but then you end up who speaks for krakoa Scott tries to step up. I'm like, Scott, you just got here, Johnny, come lately. And Apocalypse says, no, 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 I'm going to speak for it. And what? I have to send them. Okay, I'm sending the mutant island of Araco to go. And this is what Krakoa wanted, wanted the union of the deal. Now you do get the little, you know, side note by Saturnine. You realize that there are, you know, millions, millions of mutant prisoners on that. He's, yep, I know. And that's where... You end up having Saturnine actually smile. And again, Saturnine has been playing the game the whole time. I said the machinations behind the deal with her and things like that. But I actually really like where this surprises her, a, a, a woman who can see a bit in the future and, and will be questioned by her 
you know, for people as we go through, did you set this all up? Did you go? She's actually surprised and she likes that. It's one of those things I think that you get occasionally in stories where somebody who can see even a little bit in the future, even a hazy future, somebody who can use tarot cards and do that. Something that would really tickle their fancy is to have something surprising because it doesn't happen often. So I like that play. And you end up where Saturday's like, all right, well, that is how it's going to end. Now, get the hell. It, it's pretty much Semi-Sonic's closing time. You know, you, you can go somewhere. You can't stay here. You got to get out. And they are all walking away. And you see Apocalypse go off. And he says to the mutants, hey, you know, go back and tell Xavier, tell Magneto that I, I said sayonara, sucker. And I'll see them again sometime, you know, someday. And they they go off and it's a pretty crazy deal to think that we went through all this and now apocalypse is going off with his wife and kids as you then get the whole mutant you know island of Araco to combine with krakoa so krakoa is getting what they want and then you get you know this finale epilogue type feel to the rest where you end up having Saturnines, you know, priestesses and stuff. Is this what you thought all along? Was this what you wanted? Were you and going to do that? Well, you know, kind of, you know, there's always randomness in the deal. And you go and you, you end up having her say, you know, you have a husband and wife would be pitted against each other, as would mother and child. You have the tenth sword would descend from heaven, only return to the dawn of a new age. So you end up having the sword station go back up and, yeah, a bunch of things. The Ninth Sword would be returned to its rightful home. The whole mutant council would have cracks in the firmament. You're getting all these things that are, you know, cool, like what's going to happen coming up and things like that. But what you really do get, and also a weird thing where she's like, yeah, and then then we're going to end up getting some of the, the Scora, and they're going to mine untold riches in dead universes, and then we're going to make a lot of money. And I'm like, I, I, that kind of is okay, but... You do end up with the Captain Britain Corbath. That's what she wanted and needed. That is going on. But with all of this, I'm pretty much saying, you know, you know, Opal Luna Saturnine, the omniversal magistrate, she's so great. She's so wise. She's so this. She's brokenhearted. She didn't get what she wanted. She wanted Brian. And you see that. You end up having it. But she got all this, everything she ever needed, but not the one thing she truly wanted. And then it's like, you know, Saturnine, long may she reign while she's sitting there by herself, just sitting there sad. I feel sad for Saturnine by the end of this. Maybe she could have just, I don't know. The the problem with this whole deal is that Brian has a wife and kid. This is not happening in this sort of process here. I guess, I don't know. Maybe she can go off in the multiverse and find a different Brian. I don't know. Because she wasn't going to get what she really wanted, her heart truly wanted, and she went through a lot of nonsense. We were put through a lot of issues for her not to get it. But by the end, and by the end of this issue, I did like this finale scope. I do like the idea, like I'm looking forward to what's coming up. I like the idea of things changing, apocalypse, that's crazy, all of that. Um, but as a full out issue here, I'd give this one an eight. Maybe an 8-3. The problem is overall, I would give this event a 7-5. Overall, we spent a lot of time getting the swords for no real reason overall. I mean, some of the issues were cool and whatnot. Then we end up getting the tournament starting. You had a lot of nonsense. You had a lot going on. A lot that was leading to the love spell for Saturnine. 
which wasn't really spelled out well, all that. But there were definitely some cool moments in this. There were some really neat things going on. And I'll tell you, this is this is how I'll explain my whole feelings of this ending. When it hit, it was awesome. When when you had these moments, some of these moments were were really incredible. But there was a lot of things that just like nagging things. And then when it didn't hit, when you end up pretty much having a long stretch where it seemed like we were being laughed at, like we were being duped, that really threw me off. It got me a very depressed about this whole deal. And going into these last three issues, even obviously you see when this is coming out, I was pretty down on this whole deal. I read them over and over and over. And finally, and I'll, I'll thank everybody. You have helped me by talking about this final issue. I actually ended up getting a little more positive by the end because it was big and it was fun to talk out. And so what ended up happening is as I was recording this to go out and I made a lot of attempts at recording it, I would get done the X-Men issue. And then I got into Excalibur and I kept getting thrown off by that deal with, you know, you end up having Saturnine with this month. I should have just you know soldiered through that and went in because by then i never did in any of the times and i'll tell you there was eight attempts i never got to this final issue i always stopped at excalibur and i'm you know glad that i finally did it because yeah i end up a little more positive than i thought but i'd love to hear what other people thought as we go off and with that ending now i'm going to tell you that and this is coming out like back to back really rapid fire with the regular podcast out this week with me clay and brandon you'll you'll see that on the feed now with that me and ruben are going to get together we're going to do the issues that happened this week we're going to end up doing those uh and that'll come out next monday that'll come out the regular time but in between i'm going to be doing x-force and hellions that came out last week so i'll end up doing those we'll get all this stuff caught up by monday and then we can kind of go forward with the regular uh, scheduled stuff i apologize for being behind on this finale it just i ended up with the holidays and then just i just didn't like how i was going through these and how i was not that into it so i kind of you know pulled back and stuff and yeah i'll be doing hellions and x factor that'll come out on friday is the plan and then on monday the regular X-Men day. We'll get back to that. And that'll be us, me and, and Ruben. Um, I'm getting tired. It's very late. Me and Ruben doing sword number one and Marauders number 16. As we continue to have this post 10 of swords things going on, see what's going on with that. So, Hey, thanks everybody. I didn't talk at the beginning because I wanted to just get in. And also I kind of thought, well, I'm not going to get this recorded anyway, because I'll mess up or do something I didn't like, but I'm going to go with this. And with that, you know, check us out over on Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you right on back as we do. Also, then go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. Reviews, news, previews, all that stuff that rhymes with ews. And then go over to our Patreon and check it out. I'd really love it if you did. If you think, yeah, man, you know, Jim might be an idiot doing this, but at least he gave it some effort. I mean, he tried and he definitely did. And I'm telling you, I didn't want to just skip a lot of people were saying well it already two weeks don't even do this just skip it but i I didn't want to do that so if if you appreciate that you can check us out help us out for a little as a dollar 
Uh, as you go up levels, you end up getting more and more podcasts. It's not just like, hey, give us money and nothing. We, we try to do a lot. Today, just in general, I think I did three or four podcasts today. Uh, and we usually do at least one a day or at least averages that out. One of the things that I'll be doing coming up is the event podcast with my man, Double Aaron, and me and him are going to start going through the original Phoenix saga in the X-Men stuff. So if you like the X-Men, maybe you'd like to hear that. That's going to be something we will be doing. After that, we'll go into the Dark Phoenix deal, which, you know, kind of coincides as well with the Avengers stuff coming out. So check that all out at patreon.com slash weird science you won't be charged when you sign up you're only charged the next month if you decide to stay if you want to quit before then you could listen to everything we've ever done and quit right before january 1st it's right before 2021 starts and you'll never be charged you can just use it as a free you know deal to see what it's like i'd like people to check out things before they have to put their hard-earned money especially with what's going on in the world today, I understand that money is tight. So, yeah, you could check it out, and maybe that's something you'd like to get involved with. So thanks, everybody. I'm going to go right now, and I'll probably talk to you. If you're, if you're listening to this on the feed, I could talk to you in about a second because we'll also have the regular show up. But thanks, everybody. Uh, check you later.